On this episode of Stories Behind the Grind, you'll hear from Facebook marketer and best-selling author Kim Barrett, who is the CEO of Your Social Voice and has helped businesses grow to seven figures. We discuss where the opportunities are in the marketing world right now, the three key advertising cycles and which to focus on first, and how not to fall into this common marketing mistake. My name is Aidan Vokolo, and here you will find business strategies, tips, and tactics that you can incorporate not only in your own venture, but your life to help you simplify and strategically grow, scaling up the impact you're having in this world. Listen as I talk to creators, innovators, and game changers on what it takes to build an impactful business, uncovering their insights, strategies, and tips to help you increase profitability and develop a thriving team culture. Welcome to the Stories Behind the Grind podcast. Kim, thanks so much for coming on the Stories Behind the Grind podcast. It's great to have you on. My absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. Kim, you're the CEO of Your Social Voice, a renowned social media marketer, an international best-selling author, speaker, and trainer, having taught marketing all around the world and helped businesses grow to six and seven figures. Tell me, what drew you to the world of marketing and where did it all begin for you? Yeah, I'm, like I've been in marketing, I would say, itself now for probably about 16 years. So I'm only, I'm only 31. So when I was about 15, what I used to do was I used to be, and it's kind of a funny story and kind of maybe... A lot of people don't actually get it, but so I used to actually be a fish breeder. What I mean by that is I used to work like my dad and I used to have pretty much a whole shed full of fish tanks, fish, and we used to breed ornamental tropical fish. So we would do that and in Australia and the US and everywhere else. It's a multi-billion dollar industry is the, the tropical fish and aquarium trade. So we used to work in that space, breeding fish and selling fish. I was on a fish forum back in the day for Facebook. So that's where we really got a lot of our... I would say a lot about information from, and that's where we would post up. And you know, now normally with some of you go and post in a Facebook group that was uh, all run through forums. So I uh, very quickly became a moderator, which is basically someone who helps make sure that it runs the forums run smoothly. And they said, "Hey Kim, can you help us get sponsorship for the forum? Because we need to get about forty thousand dollars worth of sponsorship to make sure that we can pay our server costs, do our uh, like promotions and our competitions and whatnot to keep people engaged." So we need you know forty thousand dollars in mix of cash and prizes. I was like, oh, okay, cool. That's that's cool. I'm I'm sure I can figure that out. Being 15, I was like, yeah, I know everything. So I was just jumped on Google, like, what is sponsorship? Why do people sponsor things? Uh, was my Google searches at the time. So I pulled up some information. I was like, cool. Well, people want eyeballs, right? They want traffic. They want people that want what they have. So what I did was I got the information from the back of the website. So I went in and saw how many people we had hitting the website every week, every month. And then I took a screenshot of that, sent out an email saying, hey, you know, I just BCC'd everyone. I was like, hey, we have, uh, I'm from this forum. We have 10 spots available for banner placements. This is the traffic that we get. Here's a screen grab of the traffic we get. We've got limited spots available. We need, um, I'm looking for 10 people to take us up on either cash or or uh, committed goods, if you will, you know, like uh, product sponsorship. If you want to click here, and this is going out to 250 fish stores around Australia, you know, let me know if you have any questions. And I sent that like one night at like midnight, went to bed, next morning woke up for school and the, one of the guys had checked my, you know, MSN messenger going back then to, to before I went to school. One of the guys was like, hey, what did you do? And I was like, oh, no, did I do something wrong? Did I not BCC everyone? What happened? And, you know, he was like, well, we actually have, $40,000 of cash and goods committed in our PayPal inbox. Like, what did you do? And I was like, I had to send this email out. Um, and I showed him the email. He's like, oh, wow, this is amazing. So that to me was like the very first kind of uh, inference and interaction with proper marketing, especially online marketing, 
And um, from there, I just became really interested in, in how that worked, why it worked. You know, at the time, I didn't know I was using scarcity. I was using desire. I was, you know, using uh, social proofing by telling them how many people I was sending it to, that sort of stuff. I was just like, I'm just giving them the raw information. So, yeah, it ended up working really, really well. And that was my first foray into online marketing. And then um, yeah, they just started developing more and more from there. What drew you to Facebook in particular for marketing? Was it just something you were familiar with and you, you decided to sort of double down on? Or did you try a range of different other sort of platforms before finally settling on sort of specializing in Facebook? Yeah, like I, I've been across a lot of different platforms and I, you know, I looked at things like SEO, AdWords, solo posts, which is basically getting people to send out emails for you, um, solo ads. I looked at a range of different stuff. And to me, when I saw Facebook come out, so number one, it was simple, which was like a big tick for me. I'm like, it was simple and easy for me to learn. Great. Number two was that there was so many more targeting interests and opportunities and so many more targeting options compared to anywhere else. But I could be real specific and be like, hey, this person likes fitness and they live in Perth and they like supplements. Let me sell my supplements to them. You know, it was it just made common sense to me. It's like, cool, these people in this area, surely I should be able to market my product or services towards them and, and generate leads, sales, interest, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, Facebook definitely does have a um you can you can get quite granular in, in what you target with Facebook. So it's surprising how sort of um how detailed you can get. They say you can get up to, you know, one thousand to one million points of information on any any person on the platform. Yeah, that's phenomenal. Do you think people they care less about privacy? Uh, I would say yes and no. Like some people obviously care a lot about their privacy. To me, it's like if, if I don't want something to be known, I will not put it on the internet. Like, you know, if you put it on the internet, people can find out about it. If you don't want to be targeted, it's like, I get that people can use it. And if you ever watch The Great Hack or anything like that, you'll see how they can use and manipulate the data. But to me, it's like you've still got to be susceptible to that use. So number one, if you use it, like it's a cost of doing business. It's like same as like jumping in a car and, and driving on the street. I could have a car accident. Every day I take that risk and I, every day I you know, do or I don't touch wood. I haven't for a while, so that's good. But I think the most important thing to remember is that if you go online, if you put your information into these sites, like you read the fine print, you give them access to do with it what they will. And if they're going to do something with it, then that's kind of on, it's on you to have the onus of responsibility. For me, as a marketer and as an advertiser, I'd rather have, to be honest, if I'm going to get hit with ads, I'd rather have specific ads that are about things that I want to use and buy rather than have an ad for the latest butt buster workout if there's an investor who I don't want to buy and I want to be you know six pack shortcuts and how to get a six pack in six days I'd rather have that than have a generic message you know what I mean same for like food and things like that or supplements or products I'd rather have something specific that I want marketed to me based on my use and my based on my attributes rather than get hit with ads that like watching i haven't watched normal tv for ages i don't even have a, a cable plugged in but if i watch normal tv so i see just general ads and it has nothing to do with anything i want to buy i switch off whereas now if i get targeted ads on facebook normally it's for things that i want so i'm always interested to see what comes up that's very true i guess we are in a sense bombarded with adverts so i guess it's better to have the adverts that are more tailored to what you're after and that could actually, you know, help you out than those that are just generic and have no use. Exactly. That's that's my viewpoint on it anyway. Are there any common mistakes or misconceptions you see when people are advertising on Facebook? Well, I mean, one of the mistakes that people make, and it is kind of a misconception, but obviously with it being so easy to use, like it takes me two minutes, 33 seconds to set up an ad if I have all the pieces there that I need. It takes me like six hours to do the research, but to set up an ad, it doesn't take long um, if you know what you're doing. Right. But the mistake that people make is like, cool, if I'm going to put out an ad, video, a post or whatever I'm going to be promoting, right? 
if that is going to more people and more targeted people than I would spend on a radio ad, why don't I spend the same amount of time, energy, effort, and detail as I would if I was going to do a radio or TV ad? Like if you were going into a TV studio and you were going to put something together, I'm sure you would put more energy and effort in than what most people do for their everyday Facebook ads. So to me, it's like, well, if you're buying, you know, technically it's buying media of some sort, it's just digital, right? You should be having a big onus of going, okay, if I'm going to put this out and it's going to be seen by 10,000, 20,000, 50,000, 100,000 million people, I should probably do a good job, do my research, test everything, identify. And well, we have a method that we use specifically called the NOC method. Identify my niche, identify the offer, identify the copy that I'm going to use so that it's actually going to get me a, uh, a leverageable result. But also, I'm happy with what I put out. Most people, they'll just be like, oh, it's easy to do a Facebook ad, so I'm just going to chuck it up. Like if it's a TV ad, they treat it so differently. So that's the big, like the, the biggest one that I see that most people do. Out of those three, where do you see people not spending enough time? Is it the niche, the offer, or the copy? I mean, look, they should be really 33, 33, 33% of your time. But to me, the biggest one is like is not knowing their niche well enough. Because if I ask someone for their business who their niche is, most of the time they give me a very ambiguous answer, right? They'll be like, oh, um, females 18 to 50 interested in health. It's like, cool, you just basically identified every single female in Australia in that bracket, right? There's no specifics. There's no type of person. There's no demographics. There's no psychographics. There's no no inference of what keeps them up at night. There's no identification on what their problems are, what their pains are. That's the level of depth that you need to go into. So for me, niche is kind of the big one because if you identify who you are working with and who you want to work with, the offer and the copy kind of take care of themselves. Um, when I say offer, it's more like how you're positioning what it is that you have. But if you know who you want to speak to and you can put yourself in their shoes and put yourself in their mindset and think about what it is that they want to achieve, then you should be able to articulate that in a good enough way and position the offer in a good enough way for them to want to take some sort of action with you. So I think to me, like the niche is probably the heavy, the heavy lifting of it. Cause again, most people just, they'll just be like, Oh yeah, cool. I work with X. And it's like, all right, well, like, how do you actually identify that person in the entirety of the world? And if everyone has a personalized news feed, how are you actually standing out rather than just blending in with every other, you know, generic message? It definitely becomes that much harder if you don't have a niche to really then, you know, run a business or determine what offers or what copy to use to attract those sort of people because you end up just going, getting stuck in a sense, because I guess you're always turning the wheels going, okay, well, you can't be that targeted if you're trying to appeal to a, a super wide audience. Exactly. Yeah, 100%. I guess we're currently in, in times of uncertainty and ambiguity at the moment with you know big world events going on. How can business owners see this as an opportunity and take advantage of these times? Well, the biggest one is that there is actually so much opportunity, especially in the ad buying space, because what we're seeing is there's a dramatic increase of people going onto social media, up to 70% across Facebook and Instagram. And there's a huge decrease in people spending money on ads at the moment because it is uncertain. So what we're seeing is there's an increase in supply, a decrease in demand simultaneously. Normally, it's kind of one or the other, which means that ads have never been cheaper. So if I was a business owner, even if I didn't have... Let's just say, even though if I was one of those, I kind of like there to be two categories at the moment. One where it's like you've got to kind of batten down the hatches and you can't really do much and you just got to hold on, which is absolutely fine. There's nothing wrong with that. And then the other, which is like, cool, I'm still operating. I'm still trading. I'm maybe flatline growth or maybe a little bit of an increase in my growth. Both types can still take advantage when it comes to advertising. The second type, being the person who's ready to who's ready to take on more and, and can do more, 
should definitely be doubling down on their advertising, identifying you know the right niche to offer the copy and, and really trying to bring in more and more clients at the moment because it's going to be much cheaper. The former though, the first type of person, even if they are battening down the hatches, because the reach is so cheap at the moment, like I'd even be looking at going, cool, can I spend $30 a month? Like I know people are really trying to reduce their expenses, but can I spend $30 a month to tighten my purse strings and just focus and spend a dollar a day on a Facebook video? Like I'll do a video for Facebook talking about who we are, what we do, how we help people and promote that out, you know, because you can spend as little as that on Facebook. So that to me is what I would be focusing on is going, cool, how can I still stay in front of people so that in 30, 60, 90, 180, whatever, however long we are, days, however long we're locked down, they still can, people will still know about you. So when you come back, you know, it's not going to be like, oh, everyone has to get to know you all over again. For me, like we're spending the most we've ever spent on ads in at the moment, like in the history of our company. Yeah, well, I, I can't believe it's, um, I guess it's so cheap at the moment. But like you said, we're in a unique situation at the moment where you've got more people going online because they've got more sort of screen time, less commuting time. And you've got the, the added benefit of less people putting money into ads, which, uh, which makes it cheaper. And I like your advice on being able to, even if it's a dollar a day, just having some sort of ad out there so that at least you're sort of staying fresh in people's minds. Yeah, exactly. You still just need to try and stay front of mind as much as you can, as best you can. And then, you know, eventually you'll be able to, like things will will return to normal. Like they will. It's after winter comes spring and summer. So it's going to happen. You know, it's just a matter of, of when it's going to happen. For business owners that I'd say aren't familiar, sorry, not familiar, that aren't comfortable with putting a video out there, would you have the same advice to them having a, you know, a short copy post, a short text post or a short text advertisement with an image? Would that work as well? Yeah, I mean, like the kind of the hierarchy would be like text and video, text and image, text. So definitely all like all of them are valuable and and usable. I would just say do what you're comfortable with. Like again, I'm not gonna like I'd love I'd more highly recommend everyone to jump on video because Facebook loves video, you can get way more views, it, it's more engaging. But you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell people I have to do that. I'd still even then, you know, I'd said like my number one would be video, number two would be photo, and then number three would be text by itself. So I think still if you do any one of those. It's going to be better than doing nothing. So at these in these times, I'm like, cool. Even if you weren't going to do anything, just at least do a text post, and then I'll be happy. I'll leave you alone. On that note, how can businesses stand out on Facebook? How can they make their presence more known? Obviously, ads are a good way to get your message out there. But are there other ways that you recommend business owners to best utilize the platform? Yeah, well, I think like, still the most important part is just connecting with people. Like it's still social media for a reason, right? A lot of people try and try and skip over that point. So interact with people, even if you've got a fan page of ten people should be able to message every one of them every day, you know, it doesn't really matter. So still just interacting with people, building engagement organically is, is fine. It still does work. It's just much harder. Like you just got to put in much more hard yards. So I always say to people, you can spend time or you can spend money. Like either one of them is, is a valid expense. So you can go into groups and include value and share things from your page. You can go and just literally in, like, like and, and comment and interact with every single person who's a fan of your business. You can do any of those things. So I, I would say spend time or money, one of the two. If you, if you can't spend money, spend time. If you can't spend time, spend money. Like you've got to invest one of those two things on on the platform and it's completely up to you which one. Depends on the business owner. Depends on what sort of lever you feel more comfortable in, um, comfortable in spending and depending on what stage you're at, how much money you've got in the bank and where you see you want to deploy it. Exactly, 100%. I wanted to touch base with you and talk about the three advertising cycles and why business owners should be working on all three. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, so the advertising cycles as well, if anyone hears, it's like it can be a little bit confusing because sometimes people hear it and then they go and try and do this research on these advertising cycles. I created these. So if you do if you do hear them and you're like, oh, I'm trying to find out about these, it's like I, I'm working on a book that articulates them much better. But um, I, I did develop this piece of content, if you will, around advertising cycles. So there's three parts to it and each one feeds into the other. Now, if you listen to any you know, modern day guru or anything like that on, on social media. Let's say you've always got to do content, Gary Vee, 100 pieces of content a day, all that kind of stuff, which, which I do believe content is good and important, but I think in the right order. So for me, again, if you had a million dollars in the bank, the way that you would build your business with social media would be content marketing, then you would build a list, then you would figure out a way to sell them something. For me, as a person who works with small businesses, and I consider we still have a small business as well, I think anywhere kind of under $10 million is a small business. So if I'm looking at that, we need to get a return on our investment if we spend money. We need to be able to generate leads and sales today to fund everything that we do. So if we think about it in that context, we should start with what I call the conversion mechanism. So you need to generate, you need to have a way to generate leads that then can become sales and go through your sales cycle. That has to be the first point of call in my eyes because otherwise it's like you're spending you know, good money after bad and it doesn't make any sense. So I say, number one, you need to figure out a way to build in a conversion mechanism, whether that's a phone call, a webinar, uh, online product purchase, whatever that might be. That's point one. Then point two, the second part of the advertising cycles is when you go into list building mode. That's when you go in and try and get people into your database. You're building up awareness. People are interacting with you. They're knowing more about you. They're coming into your world. That's point two is then list building. And then point three is what we call our mogul method or really video content marketing, if you will, or content marketing in general. That's when you uh, you put out content that positions you as the mogul in your industry, which is what our goal is for anyone that works with us. And then what you'll find is a byproduct of that. Each one of these kind of works in a loop. So if you imagine it as like an extended figure eight, if you're with another loop on the end, it's like content marketing and uh, doing the mogul method fields into your, fields into your list building, which feeds into your conversion mechanism, which then feeds back in and it's an infinite loop. So each one kind of feeds into the other because if you start doing more content marketing, you start doing more video advertising, what you find is that more people find out about you and then they see your other stuff and then your lead cost starts to go down because people are getting more um, more affinity to you, which means they're getting more used to you. They're liking your business and brand more. So you'll see that start to kind of flow through. So those three cycles are super important, but it's also super important to do it in the right way. Otherwise, it's like I said, you could spend money for years and not make any sales when it comes to social media. That'll probably you see out in the marketplace where people are sort of focusing. They might be focusing on all three, but they're doing it in the wrong order so that they end up just taking either a lot of time or spending a lot of money, but not actually moving forward. Yeah, 100%. You need to have it done the right way. Otherwise, it's not going to work. Like I just, I just know it to be true. If you do it in the right order, then it's like, cool, then you can fund at each level what you need to do. But if you don't do it in the right order, then you just spend way too much time and money and then you don't focus on the end outcome, which is generating you know, sales. And then you'll find it's just like it just it doesn't work and businesses can very easily taper out from there. In terms of Facebook, how have you seen the platform develop over the last, say, three years or so? I mean, it's been pretty dramatic. Like every year, there's huge updates to it. You know, like think about things like Marketplace and whatnot that's been added in, Facebook dating, which has been added in America, all the new updates, you know, and then obviously including in the whole family now, Instagram. Um, and obviously, Instagram's had some rapid changes as well with stories and product placements and branded content. Like it's, they just rapidly grow. And to be honest, they're probably one of the 
the one of the most forward-thinking companies that I've seen in the marketplace adapts very easy and they do a great job of getting people hooked. You know, like everyone that I know would use either some form of the Facebook suite of products or the Instagram suite of products and the WhatsApp suite of products. Like somewhere along this, someone's using one of those. So, you know, they've pretty much captured a huge portion of the marketplace and they've done a pretty, pretty good job in doing it as well. Are there any future developments you're sort of hoping for or can see on the horizon that might be, might be introduced to Facebook? I mean, look, we're, we're a Facebook preferred partner. So we have a direct correlation with them and, and we have a representative there that basically works directly with us out of their Singapore office. So we get opened up to a lot of the new components before they happen. I mean, for me, I always look at just things that make it easier for my clients to do what they want to do. So for example, we've just got a preview of Facebook having almost like their own inbuilt CRM, which is basically a customer relationship management tool. So if you use one type of their ads being a Facebook lead ad, now you can manage from start to finish the flow of that lead coming in, that you've contacted them, that they've gone to, you know, you've sent them a proposal and that you've then closed the deal. So you can manage that whole flow and see where you're up to with your clients and customers from the back end of Facebook. So they're things that make it even easier for business owners to manage. To me, I'm always all for and they've done a pretty good job of um, pretty good job of identifying that. And you know, they're normally uh, once I think of something, they uh, they they normally have kind of already got it in, in the pipeworks at some point in time. It's like I said, Facebook's continually sort of adapting at the moment. And now more than ever, I guess there's going to be more changes to the platform as, as the years roll on. But it, it'll be interesting to see that CRM system come online as opposed to having multiple CRM systems or, you know, trying to integrate and have two separate systems to have it all integrated in the one could be, could be very beneficial. Yeah, 100%. They always try and bring in the tools to make it easy for people so that also you don't have to leave the platform. Like Facebook lead ads, when they introduced that, was, was phenomenal because it just made it super simple for people. And that's really one of the big focuses they do, which is like, hey, how do we make it simple and easy for people to be able to, to, be able to utilize our platform? Kim, in, in growing your business, what's been some of the biggest challenges you've, uh, you've faced? Um, number one, hiring people too fast. And then number two, effectively understanding the cash cycles. So for example, number one being that it's like, yeah, we took on a lot of staff when we had a lot of clients and probably didn't fully optimize and work out our systems and processes for managing the workflow. If we had done that better, we would have needed less people. <laughs> we would have been more profitable. And then number two on the cash cycle side of things being that just because you have lots of cash coming in doesn't mean that your business is doing well because there's obviously things like quarterly, you've got bass to pay in Australia. You know, there's, um, there's taxes, there's pay as you go withholding, there's superannuation. There's all these things. And if you just look at like top line numbers, you don't actually get a full understanding of what you're up for unless you are very, very diligent with your numbers. And that's probably one of the biggest things I see, not just me, but a lot of entrepreneurs miss is going, well, hey, have you allocated for this, 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 this? What's your contingency for this? What's your emergency fund looking like? All that sort of stuff. A lot of people kind of brush over that and that can very, very negatively affect people. And you can, that's why you can see people grow grow themselves into a hole. Being they might have rapid growth for ages and then suddenly they get hit with a big uh, bass bill, tax bill, and that can you know, cripple and, and if not bankrupt them as well. Yeah, it's, it's important not to be just focused on top line numbers, you know, revenue coming in, but the whole sort of ecosystem as a whole and being able to manage that cash, you know, that cash conversion cycle as money comes in and the money goes out and maintaining enough of the buffer to be able to have enough when, when times aren't as good. Yeah, exactly. Kim, a question I'd like to ask your guests and I'd like to get your perspective of it. What's your definition of the grind? 
the grind. I mean, it's, it's probably a little bit different. Like if you asked me like a year ago, I would just say it's just like, you know, every minute of every day working hard and, and uh, never giving up. But I would kind of reframe that now. I would probably say it's uh, in the allocated time that you have giving 100% for whatever your focus is and doing that every day. So whether it be 10 minutes, whether it be 10 hours, whether it be 18 hours, like if you commit to doing that for the day and you give it 100% in that time, you've just grinded. Like I don't think that it's necessarily you have to have no sleep, you have to hustle your face off, all that sort of stuff. For me, it's it's just like, cool, if you do it, it's something in a delegated time. And it's like, for me, if, if I go, if I give 100%, like straight after, like I've been on four podcasts today, I run two podcasts, run three client calls. If I, each one of those, I gave 100%. Today, I grinded and then, you know, in, in half an hour, I have my, my daily uh, gym workout session that I, I do over Zoom. If I give 100% there, I grinded there. And then after that, I cooked dinner for myself and my partner. So I, cooked, I still gave it 100%. I grinded my ass all the way through. So that's what it means to me anyway. Yeah, thanks for your perspective. You know, it's so important to be able to give 100% focus to whatever you're doing, you know, no matter if it's exercising or cooking or whatever activity you do, if you give 100%, then you've got that sort of standard that you uphold um, going forward. Exactly. So it's quite valuable. Kim, where can people find more about you? Yeah, obviously, our website over at yoursocialvoice.com.au has everything about the company. And if you want to find out more about me personally, you want to connect, ask any questions over on Instagram is probably where I'm most active. So you can find me at Real Kim Barrett over there. And I try and respond as much as I can to every single kind of DM and everything that I get. So if anyone ever, ever has any questions, I try and do my best to, uh, to answer where I can. Great. Well, we'll include those um, details in the show notes as well, where people can contact you and learn more about you and your social voice. Kim, thanks again for coming on the podcast. My pleasure, man. Thanks for having me again. Thanks for listening to this episode of Stories Behind the Grind. Please share the podcast. And if you're not already subscribed, be sure to do that right now. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love it if you could do me a quick favor and rate and review the podcast. This lets the platform know that I'm doing something right and people like the content. It'd be a huge help and I'd be really, really grateful if you could. Until next time.